Guys, would you open in your Bible with me to the book of Psalm, specifically today, chapter 32. And in your bulletin today, you'll see an outline on the second page there to follow along with our teaching this morning. In the summer, we typically do what we call summer in the Psalms, and we are staying in the Psalms, but we've added to it this year. What we're doing is looking for the gospel within the Psalm, the gospel in the Psalms. And we know that the Psalms are important. Jesus himself speaking after his resurrection, he spoke to his disciples in Luke chapter 24 and verse 44, and he told them that everything written about him in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Things that were written about Jesus were written in the Psalm. We know that the Old Testament contains the New Testament. The New Testament often explains things about the Old Testament. And I want you to see something with me this morning as David writes here. One of the things we see here in in Psalm 32, it's one of David's greatest prayers of confession, one of his greatest prayers of declaring God's forgiveness. And he starts with happy or blessed is the one. Look with me in, in Psalm 32, verse 1 and 2. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and whose spirit, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Keep your finger there in Psalm 32, if you would, and then I'd like you to look over in the scriptures with me to the writings of the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, his letter to the Romans. He says in Romans chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, almost verbatim the words of David. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Verse 7, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Aren't you grateful that when we come to the Lord and we repent of our sin and we trust in Christ alone for our salvation, the Bible tells us here that the Lord, our God, our Father, does not count our sin against us any longer. Aren't you grateful for that? Oh, aren't you grateful for forgiveness? Oh, maybe you're not. Maybe you're not forgiven. I don't know. Maybe you've never really repented. I said, are you grateful for forgiveness from God? Man, if you are grateful, you, are, you got a reason to sing on Sunday mornings here at the church, whether our technology is working right or not, whether, this, whether you like the song or not, whether you're at church or driving down the road, whether you're at home or at work or at school or on the mountain or in the valley, wherever you are, a sunshine day or a terribly rainy and thunder day, you know, a, a thunderstorm kind of day, we have reason to praise the Lord if we understand forgiveness. God's forgiveness to us. I want you to notice something right away here, both Psalm 32 and in Romans chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. Notice that he says, Happy is the man. Happy is the man whose transgressions is forgiven. Happy is the man. Well, blessed or happy. Oh, we ought to be the happiest people on earth if we're followers of Christ. We ought to be the happiest people around because happy is the man who understands his sins have been forgiven by God. 
That's why Caitlin can't hardly stand it when she's up here singing and she starts jumping around a little bit, right? Some more of us need to jump a little more. More of us need to celebrate and rejoice and lift our voices and clap our hands and say, yes, Lord, because we should be the happiest people on earth if we've been forgiven by Father God. Our sin was taking us to hell. Hell is a real place. Sin is a big deal. Sin, disobedience to God and His Word, unrighteousness is a big deal. God doesn't wink at our sin. He doesn't act like it's no big deal. Notice something here, even in our verses of Scripture. The Bible tells us in verse 1, Psalm 32, verse 1, that, that blessed is the one whose transgressions or sin is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now that means that covered there is, is not saying it's overlooked. How many of you know that God doesn't overlook sin? He doesn't act as if it's not a big deal is what I mean by he doesn't overlook it. He covers it, the Bible says. Our sin is covered. In, in Romans chapter 4, verse 7, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. What are they covered with? What are they covered with? The blood of Jesus. They've been covered up with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Look in, in the, in the uh, first part of Romans chapter 4. The Bible tells us that if we're forgiven, look at this. The Bible says, What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? What, what shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather? Notice in the, in the New Testament, he's referring to Abraham in the Old Testament. And he's talking about what was gained. What was gained by Abraham? Was it according to the flesh? He says, for if Abraham was justified, that word there is, is being made right with God. We're brought into right standing with God. Write this down or get it in your heart, get it in your mind. We're made right with God, not by our works or our deeds. We're made right with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. His blood that was poured out on the cross of Calvary makes the way. His glorious resurrection sealed the deal and made it possible for mankind to be in right fellowship, right relationship with God. There in Romans 4 verse 2, If Abraham was justified by works, then he would have something to boast about, but not before God. But what does the Scripture say? The apostle asked. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness because he believed God. Because he trusted, his faith made him right with God. He believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. You might read that verse again with me. To the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. And then, of course, it continues on there and talks about the blessing of being forgiven of sin. Justification has always been by grace and not works. We're justified before God because of God's grace, not because of the things we do. It's not because of our works. It's not because of our deeds that were made right with God. It's because of God's grace. Justification. That's a big word. 
Justification is, is what God does for us when we repent of sin and trust in Christ alone for our salvation. We're justified before God. We're brought into right standing before God. One guy told me one time, he said, a good way to remember justified is to say it's just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. I've been forgiven. I'm justified before God. I'm made righteous before God. In your outline there, I made clear, number one in your outline, we do not work for the free gift of salvation. We receive it by faith. Why would I want to make that clear? Because the Word of God makes it clear. We are not saved by what we do. We're saved by believing and trusting in Christ alone for our salvation. Now, to believe in God, to believe in Jesus is more than a mental consent. There's a lot of people who say, yeah, I believe in God, so I'm good. No, you're not good. There's a lot of people who believe in a higher power or believe in God. It's not about merely believing with a head knowledge. But to believe biblically means to adhere to His words, to put your life in His hands, to trust Him with your life and who you are. You're saying, I I no longer belong to me, but my life has been bought with a price. It's the precious blood of Jesus. And I lay my life in the hands of my Savior, the one who's forgiven me of sin, and my Lord. He's my master. Because, friends, when you receive Jesus and you repent of sin and trust in Christ alone for your salvation, you're not trying religion. Some people go, to. I'm just going to try religion for a while. No, when you repent of sin and trust Christ, you're not trying religion. You're not turning over a new leaf. You, you are starting a new life with a new master and Lord. His name is Jesus. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ. And that doesn't happen by our deeds or our works. We're made right because of God. We're saved by grace. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. Notice that that parallels, it lines up with what's written about Abraham in, in Romans 4. He wasn't made righteous by the things that he did. He believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. The Bible says that in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it's by grace that we've been saved through faith, not of our own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of our works so that no one would boast or brag. Exactly what it says here about Abraham in Romans chapter 4. See, if we worked for it, it would be a wage. It would be payment. If we worked for it, it would be something we earned But you don't earn a gift. You do know that, don't you? You don't earn a gift. Uh, Tommy, would you run up here just for a moment? Do you mind to help me? Probably better come up this way because all the baptism traffic on the other side of me here. Now, what, what if I said to Tommy, Tommy, I've got a gift for you here, buddy. It's 20 bucks. Legit, it's 20 bucks. It's a gift for you. All you got to do is come to the house today. I need the yard mode. I need the place weed eaten. There's some, there's some leaves. You probably noticed when you could. There's some leaves up against the house. I want all that raked out. I want Janet's flowers. I want it all weeded good. If you'll pull all that out for me and have it all done, you could sweep the sidewalks for me. That'd be great. After you mow, make sure it's all swept real good. Bag the, if I didn't mention it, bag the grass, right? Because it's got to be bagged. That's what makes it look really nice, right? If you have a little time, water Janet's flowers. That'd be great, and I'll pay you 20 bucks. But here's your free gift. 
It's a free gift from me to you, but be sure and do that, okay? And I'll give you a free gift after, after you're done. I'll give you this gift, okay? What are you thinking right now, Tommy? I'm out. <laughs> I'm grabbing his arm, making him say, he's like, I'm out. You don't want a free gift by doing all that work? It's no longer free. Tommy says it's no longer free. See, he's going to have to work for it. It's not a free gift anymore. But Jesus, the word talks about, Paul talks about, even, even David talks about this free gift. It's, it's amazing, this free gift that comes from God. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. And we're talking about the gift of salvation, the gift of being made right with Father God. You can't earn it. You can't work hard enough for it. You can't be nice enough to get it. You can't be kind enough to others to receive it. No, God just says, here's the gift. All you have to do is receive it. Take it. That's, that's, that's what the Lord says to us. It's a free gift. When you repent to Father God and say, Lord, I trust you as my Savior and Lord, here's your gift of salvation. You've been made righteous before God. I want you to take that. I want you to take it out because God wouldn't take that back. I want you to just take that. God wouldn't take that back. It's a free gift. Put it towards your mission trip. I'll have more people sitting on the front row in the second service, I guarantee you. I know how to get them up front. I know how to pull them up towards the front. Can I tell you even water baptism doesn't make us right with God? It's a work. It's a deed. It's something that we do in obedience to the Lord. Now, let me clarify something here. Because we've been given a free gift of salvation, the gifts of God and the love of God and His kindness and His mercy and all these, they should flow through us, absolutely. But that's not what makes us right with God. His love should flow through us. His kindness should flow through us to others. But the gift is not earned. The gift is received. Have you received the gift of salvation? Have you been made right with God? It's not by something you do. It's about what Christ has done for us and receiving that, believing that, what God has done for us. Number two in your outline, I want you to get this. Forgiveness is full and free to us. I, I want you to recognize it is full and it's free to us. Another scripture in Psalm, Psalm 103, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sin, nor repay us according to our iniquities. He's talking about those who have been forgiven. Listen closely. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. Those who have placed their life in his hands, their lives are not their own. They've given themselves, they surrendered to him and his lordship over their lives. They're not afraid of him as in terror, but they fear him in terms of awe and respect and say, you are God and I am not. See, the problem with our culture today is we all want to be our own gods. We all want to do our own things. It's no different than what we read in scripture all through the Old Testament and New People always veered and wanted to be their own God, do their own thing. We're still seeing that today. But those who fear God are those who respect Him as God and love Him as God and stand in awe of Him and wonder of Him and, and respect of Him. And the Bible says to those who fear Him, 
As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions, our sins from us. It's kind of interesting that God, being God and all, uses this beautiful picture as far as the east is from the west, which gives this idea of, of never being able to connect, never ending. You know, if he used north and south, we would know that in the world there's the North Pole and then you head south. And if you got to the South Pole, then you head north. He doesn't say north and south. He says east and west because if you travel east, you never reach a point where you have to turn and head west again. If you travel west, you never, you never, you, you never reach a point where you have to stop and turn and go east. He's saying those never meet. He, he, he's saying that the, the forgiveness of God is complete in our lives. How beautiful. How wonderful. As far as the east is from the west, he removes our transgressions from us. Friends, when we really grab hold of that truth, that reality that we are completely forgiven, we are, that forgiveness is full and, and complete in our Lord Jesus Christ, it will make you want to sing. It'll make you want to praise. It'll make you want to clap and dance and celebrate. Why? Because we are free. We've been forgiven. There's a celebration. Forgiveness is full and complete. And let me tell you, it is completely the work of Jesus. Forgiveness is full and complete, and it's completely the work of Jesus. We repent of our sin, and God sees us through his son Jesus, the sacrifice that was paid for our sin. In fact, can I tell you, forgiveness is free for us, but it came at a cost. It came at a high, high price. Jesus suffered and bled and died for us. Can I tell you, I believe that a lot of us have drifted. We've lost view of what Christ has done for us. We don't celebrate the forgiveness and the mercies of God as we should. We don't talk about it as we should. We need to understand it and celebrate the mercy and grace of God, our Father, because of what Christ has done for us. In my... Um, recommended reading out front here. You'll know across from the Guests and Information Center, we have some shirts and books. In, in my recommended reading to you, there's this book our men's groups have gone through. Several men's groups have. It's called The Cross-Centered Life. You might want to pick one of these up. I don't remember the price we have listed out there, but you can go pick one up or, or at the Guests and Information Center. Just tell them you want one of these books. Pick one up uh, at a small price and read it. This is such an easy read and a great read. You'll have it read in, a, in, in a, probably some of you in an hour, uh, but at least a day if you, if you want to just sit down and read with a cup of coffee. It's a great read, and it talks about the justification that the Lord has brought into our lives because of Jesus. When we repent of sin and trust him, the changes that have come into our lives, I want you to recognize that God is not adding your sin up against you. He's not imputing, is the word the scripture uses. He's not imputing or adding up your sins against you. When you've repented of sin and trusted in Christ as your Savior and as your Lord, He is no longer holding your sin against you. He's not adding it up against you. We do that as people. Somebody wrongs us, we might let it slide the first time, but we keep it in mind, right? And we have our little statements, our little slogans, our little sayings, you know? Fool me once, shame on you. You trick me one time, shame on you. I, you know, but we also keep this in mind that you keep doing wrong to me, I keep track. And I, I don't get mad, I get 
Oh, you've heard that. I don't get mad. I get even. Can I tell you? God is angry with sin. The wrath of God was poured out on Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary so that all of the wrath of God towards sin would be placed on Him. And when we repent of our sin, when we repent of our sin, God sees us as righteous. He sees us through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. We are forgiven. And He's not adding things again. He's not saying, I don't get mad, I get even. He's not trying to get even with us. God loves us. He doesn't hold our sins against us. He's not imputing our sins or adding them up as we do to one another. Thank God for that. Forgiveness is full and complete because of the work of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 9. Look there with me, would you please? One of our last verses this morning. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 9. One of my favorite passages of Scripture here. I love the gospel. For while we were weak, while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person we wouldn't even dare to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, He wasn't dying for for righteous people or good people, those who see themselves as good or righteous. No. He died for those who see that they're sinners in need of a Savior. We're disobedient to God. We are away from God. And God says that, that He sent His only Son, John 3, 16, because He loved the world so much, even in our sin, that whoever would believe in Him would not die or perish, but would have everlasting life. And so while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since Verse 9, Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood. See, it costs something. Forgiveness is full, and forgiveness is free indeed for us, but it costs something for Jesus. We've been justified by His blood. Much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. We are justified. We are forgiven. We are saved because of Jesus. Jesus paid a price that I could not pay to pay a debt that He did not owe. It was for my sin, for your sin, for the sins of mankind that Jesus died. Now let me continue on here with this last point, point number three in your outline. Those who God forgives, He also changes. Those who God forgives, He also changes. In fact, can I tell you that when we recognize that we've been saved by the grace of God, when we recognize the forgiveness that's been applied to our lives, now think about this. Think about your ungodliness. Think about your sinfulness. Some of us would even say, Pastor, I don't even like to think of that guy I was. I don't even want to think about who I was at that point. I don't even like to remember that time of my life. I want you just for a moment to think about it. And I want you to think about all that God has saved you from. I want you to think what, about the forgiveness of God applied to your life. Somebody asked me, and I typically respond to this by anywhere in town, not just at church, I do it all over. When people say, hey, hey, Scott, what's new? I say the mercies of God. 
are new every morning. And I am grateful. How about you, church? I'm grateful for God's mercy. I'm grateful that he, he covers my sin. I'm grateful that, that his, the, the price of, of my sin was paid for by Jesus. His precious blood was poured out for me, for my sin. And when I recognized all that I've been forgiven of, all that I've been forgiven from, friends, it challenges me. It motivates me to walk as he would have me to walk. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, but our desire is to walk according to his will and his plan. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, our last verse today. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I love water baptism. I love what it represents. That old life, dead and buried, raised to a new life in Christ. In fact, I'm wearing my t-shirt today. If you're new today, I don't usually wear t-shirts on Sunday morning. But these are our baptism t-shirts that we, we all wear together as we're baptized and baptizing people. We're reminding ourselves that we've been raised to a newness of life, forgiven of our sin. Yes, thank God for that. But now we've been raised to a newness of life. And when I consider all that Christ has saved me from, all that God has saved me from, I want to live my life in a way that would honor and please not just the one who forgave me, my Savior, but the one who is my Lord, my Master. He's my God. I want you to stand with me this morning. When we talk about living for Jesus, we talk about the reality that more of his character, more of his nature is being developed within us. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. No, none of us are. But my daily prayer is, oh God, I want more of you in my life. I want more of you to be seen, more of you, less of me, more of your character, more of your nature. I can't make that happen. I can discipline myself to look into his word, to live my life according to his principles, his word, to pray and talk with him and ask his Holy Spirit to lead me and to guide me. Almost daily, I do what I encourage you to do. I say, Lord, I welcome the activity of your Holy Spirit in my life this day. If there's anything in my life that's out of step with your character, your nature, anything in my life that's out of, out of step with your word, Lord, I welcome the activity of your Holy Spirit. Put your finger on those areas of my life. Show me, point it out. I want my life to be lived for the glory of God. Is that your prayer? And that can happen. Why? Because we got Jesus on the inside. He's working on the outside. We used to sing that. Anybody remember that old chorus? Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I love that old chorus. I got Jesus on the inside. He's working on the outside. I'm not, not where I want to be. I, I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not the guy that I used to be. Can I get a witness in the house this morning? Because God's grace is enough. His forgiveness is full and it's free to us.